Welcome back to another Shit Talk Fridays. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. And tonight, we're actually not drinking because we definitely had enough of that over the holiday. We was definitely being thankful, for sure. Yeah. For, thank- the, for the food and the alcohol. Yeah, so I just got a cup of water. And I hope everyone out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving, got to spend time with family and friends, because I know that we did. And I'm definitely very thankful and for that. And even if you didn't get time to spend with family and friends. I still hope that you had a fantastic Thanksgiving because some people, you know, working or away from home, you Correct. know what I mean? Yeah. Just, so to everybody, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I concur. That was me back in the day, <laughs> working on holidays. Yeah. So tonight we have some fun topics for you. And again, these topics come off of social media based on some of the previous videos that we've had and i love to go into the comments if you don't know me you will know that gina loves to read comments Yeah, you live for those comments to be honest sometimes comments actually are more thrilling to me than the actual content that i'm watching but when it comes to our comments in particular on the posts that we put up i dive into the comments because i feel like it gives me like a gauge on what people that are consuming our content content think about Mm -hmm. so i like to kind of like build conversations off of that because if people are choosing to consume our content then i kind of want to give them a little bit of what they're already kind of putting out and talking about sure yeah it makes sense i think it would be interesting to continue that conversation so i saw a video though more recently on social can't remember which platform not that i want to plug any of them right now and um, it was a interviewer asking or like a random girl in the street, how long sex should last? And to be honest, I think that the girl was somewhat intoxicated because she was like 60 minutes. God <laughs> and damn. My immediate reaction was like 60 minutes. What are we doing for 60 minutes? I mean, there's a lot you can do for 60 minutes, but. I don't think it involves just like straight intercourse. You know? No. Uh, well, I mean, the act mm-hmm. of sex involves foreplay, right. intercourse. It's not just like, you know, getting straight to it. So I can't imagine it lasting maybe a half an hour. I consider that to be, I personally consider that to be a good amount of time to be intimate with someone. Mm-hmm. Um. And not to say that it can't go a little longer, but I was definitely surprised at the 60-minute thing. And then the guy was just like, the person that was interviewing her was like, okay, okay. Because I think he himself was like, that seems a little extreme. So then that got me thinking, how long should sex last? Great question. And I think that you and I have come to the conclusion that it definitely varies based on age. Yes. uh, Based on your physical, your physicality. Yes. And I think it also like depends on where and when. And your psychological state of being like, so where you are psychologically um, and where you are physically is what some of the research showed. Okay. So give me an example of like what you mean by psychologically. Well, I mean, you know, if you're the type of person that is, um, you know, a little timid um, mm-hmm. not too aggressive. Mm-hmm. I don't see you performing 
very long in the bedroom. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, those type of people, like, I would think that based on the, what, the, what the research shows. You know what's funny? You're asking me this question, and I'm, like, now imagining the type of physical and psychological space you have to be in. But mm-hmm. if I had to guess and th- reflect on myself, I would think it takes a bit of a, someone with, like, a strong head on their shoulders to want to, to like, perform to make it something where like they're actively trying to mm-hmm. you know last during the act of sex like it, it might be important to them you know because th- mm-hmm. I, I can see you know growing up thinking back that was kind of like you know an ego thing you know how long you could last you know and people who were a couple minutes were considered quote unquote you know weak in the bedroom per se so I think your psychological frame of mind has definitely something to do with how long you can go would you agree yeah i i definitely would agree especially based off of the sexual experiences i have i have had with you i know that there is like a mastery <laughs> that goes to it uh, because you know real talk there have been times that we have been intimate and i know that you are basically withholding from reaching climax so that we can continue for longer periods of time so i feel like that takes a certain level of psychological strength to like i mean to be honest i think what you're doing and maybe this is just like the way that i would explain it is like you're almost having like an internal conversation yeah it is it is it is a little challenging because you have to keep in mind that two things one are you trying to make sure that your partner climaxes before you do mm-hmm. and two are you sure that you have everything under control that you're not going to ejaculate mm-hmm. you know so it takes you know a, quite a bit of being in your head yeah at the same time you know while you're trying to enjoy the physical pleasure of it that you know you don't overlook those two things I think that that is huge. Yeah, And I, I think it plays on both ends. I do think it, though, it may be a little bit more focus on the man's ability to withhold him climaxing. Right. Because I think for women, and I don't want to say I think, I want to say that I know <laughs> I'm a woman, that it's not, we don't reach climax similar to men. There has to be like a different type of stimulation that's happening between with in like different aspects number one clitoris has to be stimulated in a certain way and i think a woman we also look for like the connection with the partner to really like be able to reach that Mm -hmm. so i don't think that personally we are actively mentally like restraining ourselves from reaching climax if anything i feel like we're doing the opposite i feel like we're mentally putting ourselves in a space where we are actively trying to reach climax Mm -hmm. because as a woman i know that in the past the partner that i may be at one time casually having sex with didn't necessarily know what it took to reach or help me reach climax right so i had to mentally be able to put myself in that space where i could then reach climax and how long do you think that process generally would take generally for like a woman i hate to say this but i think it definitely does vary Mm -hmm. i think on average though 
based on my own personal experience because I can't speak for other women in the sense of like the majority but I do have many female friends and I would say anywhere from three to ten minutes like 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 on a fast on a fast note I can say three minutes you know if your partner really knows your body really knows what it takes and there's times where it's not even really based on the penetration it could be more so just about what how that partner is stimulating you right um and or the clitoris rather and 10 minutes i feel like maybe like maybe three to seven i don't need 10 minutes might even seem kind of long so you know that's a pretty interesting now you like because you're you're gonna range from like three minutes to now 10 minutes well i said yeah and then i kind of went back to about seven because i'm like really trying to think about it so there was a uh a survey done in 2005 uh by society for sex therapy Mm -hmm. and according to vaginal and penile sex right Mm -hmm. um one to two minutes is too short yeah i i yeah i definitely would agree uh, vaginal sex that lasts anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes is considered too long. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, you're talking about intercourse, straight intercourse for more yeah. than 10 to 30, like th- almost 30 minutes. Okay. Um, so therapists that therapists that completed the, the survey said that anywhere from 7 to 13 minutes ah. is desirable. Ah, so I wasn't all... <laughs> so, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, you see? Because I, I was like, mm, three... Then I said 10, and I was like, ooh, I feel like 7. And listen, real talk, ladies and gentlemen, I did not look at Evo's notes prior, so I had yeah. no clue that that was a study that you had looked into. We talk about the topics. Um, we kind of have, like, our own personal discussion, right. but then we do our like our own research so that we have banter to go back and forth. I'm pretty proud that I hit that. Yeah, yeah I mean, you did pretty I got, good. I mean, you and I have been together for quite some time, and we have been able to really build on our sexual experiences with each other so i'm really able to tap into that and Mm -hmm. say to myself okay that seems like a reasonable number however past experiences i do think that speaking from a woman's perspective i have definitely been in in situations where men have been trying to perform Mm -hmm. and they think that performing means longevity which means a long time. And as a woman, we can definitely, we're good at withholding orgasm in the sense of like, okay, I can put myself in a particular position where I know I'm not being stimulated through the clitoris where I'm just not really looking for that. But real talk, like if it's too long, it almost becomes an annoyance because you somewhat become, I want to say like slightly desensitized. Yeah. And it's hard to keep yourself in that mental space. And again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself and, you know, some women that I know in my circle. I can't speak for every, every you know, woman on this earth. But I feel, I, I feel like it's safe to say that that's like typically, I would think that that's typically like, you know, you want to be like more in that sweet spot, like based on what that study said. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> growing up, when, when you hear the, you know, the term... 30 40 you know sex for an hour um you're very naive about knowing or realizing that sex is more than just intercourse Mm -hmm. correct you know and so you get caught up in that 
you know, it it has to be like pen- penetration for 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you get caught up in that idea. And that's like kind of the 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 target that males try to hit, mm-hmm. you know, when they're first starting to uh, learn about about sex. And it's like that physical penetration portion of it that they try to draw out yeah. to be a very long time. And come to realize it, it's actually a plethora of things that you incorporate into the act of sex, which is, you know, for, you know, physical foreplay. It could be role playing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm even even talking prior towards, you know, setting the mood mentally. Yeah. You know, all of these things lead up to a an anticipation the climax especially for the woman yeah that by the time the actual act of sex comes where there's the actual penetration you know you couple that with having a great conversation and maybe some physical touching massaging things of that nature uh maybe jumping into a little bit of role playing and then jumping into like a good three to seven minutes of some sex (laughs) (laughs) i can see that lasting about an hour an hour 20 minutes Growing up, wasn't the saying seven minutes in heaven? Seven minutes in heaven, yeah. But I think that was more like in the like the you when you play the game and you go into the closet. Yeah, I know, but yeah. you're already that number's kind of already been put in your in your mind. You know, like oh, shit, se- I, never, I never realized. Yeah, that. like yeah, you're being pre-programmed. Like seven minutes is like the way to heaven. Yeah. So you know, um, for some of you, you know, you, you younger bucks out there, <laughs> just know that you know going in, you know, going an hour into with sex that is definitely something that's achievable but don't feel like it has to be all penetration because you're setting yourself up for failure i mean somebody's gonna get hurt if you're doing <laughs> if you're doing an hour of just straight penetration i mean somebody's somebody's gonna wake up sore the next day for the sure. fact that you said somebody's gonna get hurt somebody's gonna, gonna get, get hurt, hurt real, real bad. bad who's that who's the comic i don't even want russell peters russell peters yeah that, was, that, that dude was funny i really i used to enjoy, enjoy his skits you know what's interesting to me though what you said about how young men start to learn about sex one of the things that i just said the other day we were watching a movie on netflix and there was a sex scene and the way that the man interacted with the woman was just like baby i love you kissed her for about 3.5 seconds and then like put her in a position and started having sex with her and I literally looked at you and I went, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, in, in, in Hollywood, they got to speed things up a bit. You know, you got to, you know, I guess it's just the way that it is. But what I'm I think you're missing my right. point. It sets a false pretense. Well, it sets a false pretense in the narrative of that the man is able to immediately move to sex mm-hmm. without that level of foreplay. So maybe men are then already given the false pretense that penetration is the way to satisfy a woman in the bedroom so then they find themselves wanting to do it for a longer period of time right because where do you really learn about this kind of stuff i mean let's let's be real you're not learning about this shit in school through sex ed you're learning like the fuck about the birds and the bees Uh, and then you have pornography and there is small amounts of actual like romantic love making pornography and i'm not gonna play shy and be act like i've never seen porn as a woman personally when i do search porn i do look for the more like sensual more romantic Mm because 
I prefer to see something that looks more realistic. Right. Something that looks more like what two people in a long-term relationship, whether it be casual or like, you know, marriage or a long-term boyfriend or girlfriend, are looking to achieve. I wish that that outlet was provided to young men and to young women early on in their I guess I mean maybe like older teenage years when they start entering into the world of sex because then there wouldn't be that like oh I have to ram this chick for 30 minutes <laughs> they would yeah. have like a better idea of what potentially it takes to make sex longer and it doesn't have to be all the time but I think a lot of young boys and girls are watching these you know you know, porn films or shorts, whatever you want to call them. And it's maybe like a couple seconds of some sort of uh, foreplay, but it's usually driven towards the man. And Mm -hmm. then it's just like the man, you know, doing what he has to do with the woman. So then what winds up happening is, is that the men think that that's what they have to do with the young men. And then the women think that they have to be like on the pleasing end of that. Like we, we have to satisfy the man in that factor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you gotta you gotta know that a lot of these scenes they're filmed in a way where they're geared towards men's sexual fantasies you know and pleasing the man yeah you know so and then so when you're you have you know boys and men growing up watching that that's like it's engraved in how you know the way that they think sex is supposed to play out and you have girls also seeing that and thinking that's what men like and they have to sub- kind of be submissive to that. Um, so it's it's a big old fuckery of shit misinformation about what's really supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, and not to say that these things, you know, shouldn't happen and that these fantasies shouldn't play out because, you know, they can be fun. Uh, yeah, I would you, agree. You I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But to say that that's, that's the way that it is. Yeah. You know, is a is a is a is a false statement. You know, like you're setting yourself up for failure if you think that, you know, that's the way every act is supposed to happen. Well, what's interesting is that on one of our last posts, I talked about, or well, rather, we had a conversations about reasons that you may need to go into therapy, mm-hmm. and one of them that we touched on was if there is, you know, sexual intimacy happening between you and your partner. And when that is happening, that may be a sign that you and your partner may need to enter into therapy. And then I had, I would led, I continued on by saying that there are times that two partners are not being intimate because one of the partners is not receiving the pleasure that they should be receiving. Right. And someone commented on that video that we posted and said, and it was a man, said, if I'm treating her well and paying for everything, she could fucking kick rocks. And that to me speaks directly to what we're talking about is that right. young men are basically just like, well, if I'm the man, I'm going to get what I want. And that's exactly what I said, that they're it's self-indulgent. They're yeah. just like they're in it for themselves. They're in it for themselves. Uh, and, you know, and I feel like that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, not realizing that knowing how to please a woman just makes you more dominant in the bedroom Mm. you know and i i feel like that possibly the lack of being able to Mm -hmm. and then being told that you're not doing it properly is a shot at the ego yeah 
and it's almost like very easy for a person to get defensive. But I will say this. You know, males will they're not shy to tell a girl that they need to finish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because, you know, males have that that desire, that 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 urge to need to ejaculate. Yeah. And if for whatever reason, let's say you have two people engaging in, you know, physical kissing and touching and things like that. And for whatever reason, that you know, it stops and the girl decides to stop it. Um, the male is going to be pretty forward about like, hey, like I need to finish. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, what's the saying? Don't leave me with blue balls. Don't leave me with blue balls. You know, I don't want to say that it's a thing. I've just, I guess I just been fortunate never to experience it. So, it is a thing. Yeah, I mean, I, but to me, it's it's been it's always been a myth because I've never experienced it, right? Like, I just feel like. What do you mean? You, you've never experienced like. I've never being, experienced blue balls. I've never. I think it's a. I don't think it's like an actual thing per se. I don't think like your balls turn blue. No. But I think it's like it's a, it's that feeling of not reaching climax and feeling it's that it's supposed you, to be painful, from what I understand. Well, I'm just saying that I don't think your yeah. balls turn blue. I, no. So you're saying that you've never experienced this suppose it painful thing of not being able to nah, ejaculate. anytime anytime i was ever in a situation and for whatever reason it stopped mm-hmm. it stopped like that it buck stopped there like i wasn't that guy to say like come on girl like you can't leave me like this you know and like you know some people you know people get aggressive you know or you know guys will get a little bit of aggressive you know they'll be very straightforward about like you know you, you need to do something you know like if we're not going to have sex then you need to either go down on me or, you know, yeah. jerk me off or, or something, you know, like I just feel like that they're very forward about them finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that there should be a way for for girls to be able to do the same thing, you know, and I feel like that that communication back to back to guys will teach them more about pleasing a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I feel like there's a lesson to be learned there, mm-hmm. you know, an opportunity, you know, for for girls not to have to always be like so you know yeah you know was hush hush about you know the way they feel and just you know indulging in the guy's fantasy so i just thought it would be interesting to point that out that you know in a situation where a guy doesn't climax he will make sure or try very hard to communicate that to the person that he's you know being intimate with that he didn't finish and, and that he needs to and i feel like that you know in a situation where a guy and a girl may be having sex and the guy finishes that the girl might not say nothing about her finishing might might not you know maybe you know but there may be also be the situation where she didn't she never has climaxed you know so she doesn't know what it is to finish you know because there are girls that go through that where they're still learning about their bodies and things like that you know and they don't know that there's you know about having an orgasm but for the ones that do i think it's important for them to say hey like what's up you know like and and it kind of maybe like you know walk the guy through it you know in a way where he can learn something because obviously I've you know I think that when having sex it's important for both people to climax. I I I firmly agree with you. I think the one thing that you're missing, and we kind of spoke about this earlier, is that there's a fear factor there. So right. when you're in a situation with a man sexually. And let's say it's casual. Let's say you haven't been with this man many times. Maybe this is the first time. Maybe this is the second time. And you don't reach climax. And then you turn around and say, hey, 
I didn't reach climax, there is the possibility that that man is going to turn around and tell you to go fuck yourself. Understood. Understood. And you're absolutely right. And Wait, I'm, hang on a second. And as a woman, because there is that fear factor, and I'm not saying that that's always the case. Because I know that that sometimes it just can be that the woman is more timid as far as um, her vocalizing what it is that she needs. But when there is that fear factor, it's sad for me to even say it, but there are some, you know, women, we live in fear of men. So living in fear of men, of men and, and you're in a situation where you're alone with this man, mm-hmm. you may just you may just want to walk away from that situation. I understand what Sadly. you're saying. I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. Okay. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. I'm not saying that in that particular instance it's gonna go that way. But it, it's the start of an opening to a new conversation Mm -hmm. and it needs to start somewhere so let's just say in that instance the guy finishes the girl doesn't she says something to him maybe this is their second time together and you know now she's like you know like hey i would like to start finishing she says something to him doesn't go well guy gets pissed off but at least now that's out there it's on the table so now moving forward it's either that whole situation is over Mm -hmm. and it never happens again which is good for her Mm -hmm. because obviously she wasn't getting her fair share out of the deal or if the guy wants to do it again, he knows that there's an issue that he needs to deal with. So I feel like that that at least opens the door to potentially like it. There's some growth happening. Yeah. In that, you know, in that engagement. And so, yeah, is it going to be perfect and peachy? Probably not. But I think that the more that these this, these things happen, you know, the better it's going to turn out for both parties. I definitely agree with that. I think that there is always an opportunity to learn. You and I have been together for a long time, and I still feel like there are moments where we're still learning about what pleases one another because we are constantly evolving. evolving. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that we said that at the same time <laughs> because I feel like people would be like, y'all been married 15 years and you still don't know what yeah. your pleases nah, your partner. I mean, you know, people's people's desires and, and, and things change, you know, and, and you got you to gotta evolve with that. Yeah, you got to roll with the punches. You got to roll with the punches. So getting back to like things lasting. So it sounds like three to, what was it? Three to seven to 13 minutes. Seven to 13 minutes is like the desirable time for penetration of just constant nonstop penetration now that doesn't mean ladies and gentlemen that you just can't have a quickie (laughs) yeah of course i mean those those are you know sometimes you gotta you gotta make it quick you don't have enough time you know even seven to 13 minutes in a you know in a person's busy life is too much um and you have to know how to get in and get out as well but i think that when you know when you do have the time that is like the desired amount of time you know as far as yeah physical sex i will say though i know you touched on this earlier about women and you know still or in general the person be still being in that exploration stage of sex Mm -hmm. i know for certain that that was something that i went through there was a moment there was a point in my life where i was in um an older teen to my early 20s where i was still really trying i was still really figuring out what was the best way for me to reach climax where it was happening consistently Mm -hmm. and initially when i first started engaging in sex i didn't know that it was something that 
one, I should ask my partner for, or two, I could achieve on my own, or three, direct my partner to help me achieve it. I was somewhat under the impression that orgasm happened through having sex. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I could, I can see how one would like theoretically think that. So one of the things that I thought about when we were talking about this, like how long things last and like why sometimes girls may not be very well versed in in reaching orgasm is because I don't feel like it's really part of the dynamic of young girls and like when when they're being taught if that even happens because I was never taught about sex when they are conversations are happening maybe with uh, you know like a somewhat older family member maybe like you know your your aunt or like your cousin or whatever it is that they're vocalizing well listen you know you can you can masturbate or you can I just don't think that those conversations are happening even in like a light jokey manner but I feel like it happens a lot with young men I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but who doesn't have an uncle that's like, yo, man, you getting your rocks off? Mm -hmm. You know, you got any bitches? You know, like I saw that I saw that random sock laying around in your room, like masturbation and reaching climax for a young man is talked about constantly when they're young and they start to reach that age where they should potentially, I guess, start experiencing sex. Right. And for a girl, you and I were talking about this it tends the focus tends to shift in another direction girls are being spoken to about preventing pregnancy and you know managing their menstrual cycles they're not being really spoken about how to reach pleasurable sex or having a voice when they're not receiving that and i and i sometimes wonder like where and how should those conversations be happening because do you feel like mothers should be having those conversations with their daughters and should fathers be having those conversations with the, with their sons or you know whoever is you know maybe like a, a an elder in your family yeah i mean I, I feel okay so as far as boys go or males you know the the topic of masturbation comes up because it's literally something that just erupts, you know, within a, an adolescent kid's life. You know what I mean? No it, pun intended. No pun intended. You know, I mean, like, if, you know, you're, <clears throat> you're a guy, you know that at some point in your life, you you know, you just start getting erections. Yeah. You know, and they, and like, it's just part of your body that just stands up erect. Okay. You know, and it's, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it's, it's based on hormones and, <clears throat> oh my gosh. Do you want some of my Sorry. water? Sorry, yeah. Can I have a sip of that? Evo didn't bring his own water. This is what happens when you're married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. That was good. Um, so, you know, you have these erections, and they need to be dealt with. And <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just the simplest way of putting it. Um, and, the by, you know, you deal with them by, reaching, by ejaculating. You okay. Know? Th through masturbation. Through masturbation. So. Like with Pamela. With Pamela, you know. Pamela Henderson, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is something that guys, boys have to deal with and they learn how to deal with it rather quickly, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I feel like because that doesn't happen to females, it's not something that's 
you know, addressed so early in life. I mean, imagine if you and, and, you know, it's hard for me to even give you something that you can really imagine this to because I don't know what it is to give you the equivalent feeling of what it is to get an erection for a female. But the only thing that I can closely maybe even imagine that it would be like is, you know, when when you do reach your parts of the month where you are you're looking like you're you're horny or you're looking to like to have sex for whatever Mm -hmm. for whatever hormonal phase that you're going through your sex drive is up imagine waking up like that every morning and imagine that happening to you randomly multiple times throughout the day where you're just like waterfalls you know you wake up in the morning and you're just gushing wet Mm -hmm. you know and then throughout the day you know you're in school and and it just because that's what the, the boys are dealing with that in school they're sitting in class and all of a sudden they're just erection It'll just stand up randomly out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know. So when be- you say out of nowhere, so there's nothing happening in the brain. No. There's no thought process. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. It just. Whoop. Okay. For whatever's going, whatever hormonal thing is going on in the body, it's causing the penis to to, e- to erect. Okay. And then once it's erect, of course, it's very sensitive, and you know now you're you're feeling like you know almost sexual in a way. Okay. Um. Because that that hormone is kind of like, you know, really on, on high gear. So that's why masturbation is spoken about to boys at such a young age. Because, I mean, it's just something that's just relentlessly happening over and over and over and over again. I, I, that I, I totally get that. I, I would definitely understand how that could be a lead conversation mm-hmm. amongst young men. So I just feel like the equivalent, if that was happening to females, mm-hmm. that I think that I feel like it would have been, it would be spoken about at a younger age or okay. whenever that was happening because it's just something that's persistent. You yeah. know, there's, we spoke about earlier that there are things that happen, you know, to a female that are beyond their control. Like, you know, when they, their body starts to have menstruate mm-hmm. and, you know, when they start to develop breasts that mm-hmm. become a topic of conversation, if not with their family members or their parents with siblings or friends mm-hmm. you know you kind of like need somebody to guide you through this this is you know it's all brand new you know mm-hmm. and how to deal with that your own body as a person yeah you know so um masturbation is something that boys have to learn like early yeah i i can definitely i i definitely see that now i think the part of it that i guess aggravates me is the boasting that comes with it is the, the how the men then will then start to have conversations that surround sex and a young man's ability to a young man's ability to obtain sex. So I think I said earlier, like, you know, everybody got that uncle that's like, you know, how many bitches you got? Mm-hmm. You know, you see any girls or they make the joke of, uh, or, or or let's say like you're not you're a young man and you're not actively talking about girls. You know, and I say young man, maybe like 16, 17, you're not actively talking about girls. You're not actively bringing girls around. And then, you know, you got that family member like, are you gay? You know, like those type of conversations start to happen where a man's sexuality starts to be kind of pushed. Mm -hmm. And I think then what starts to happen is in defense. If it is happening, they start to have this conversation like, yeah, I got, you know, I got this one, I got that one. And then there's times when if it's not happening, maybe they're lying. Maybe they're just saying that to get people off their fucking back, you know, because the the bravado between two men, 
I think you and I had talked about this on another conversation. We talked about catcalling. And one of the statistics is, is that like men will catcall amongst other men so that they can assert their dominance. Mm -hmm. So a man will potentially show out and, and say things like, yeah, you know, I got girls. I got this one. I got that one. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Just to show that they are, you know, like an alpha male, that they have like this this dominant factor about them. And what I, I find so interesting about that is because it like it like puts the focus on them being dominant in a sexual way mm -hmm. versus like them being dominant in like in like their personality. Right. And, and and I feel like it's kind of like, listen, there's nothing wrong with joking about that kind of shit. Like, you know, I get it. You you may have that that cousin that's busting your chops. I get that kind of stuff. But when it's happening constantly amongst, you know, family members, uh, you know, peers, I feel like it can definitely put a stress on a young man to either boast because it's really happening and now he's engaging in multiple partners or a young man is boasting about it because... It's not happening and he's just finding a way to like navigate his way through this like bullshit that men have to go through. We're on the flip side. Those type of conversations are not happening with young girls. Those conversations are usually like don't have a lot of sex. Mm -hmm. Don't get pregnant. You know, don't have a lot of partners because then you're going to be labeled a slut and all these type of things. And could you imagine as a young girl watching those conversations happen amongst your family? You know, yeah. like, for example, just, you know, Thanksgiving, a lot of families get together on Thanksgiving and you sit there as a young woman and watch the men in your family joke around about, you know, how many girls you got, you know, you, you know, you getting them buns or whatever, you know, like that type of shit happens. And I'm e able to speak about that kind of conversation because I've heard it. So here you are as a young woman sitting back like, okay, so now, um, if I talk too much about having sex, I'm a slut. If um, I'm not managing my my sexuality the right way, then I'm going to be judged. But then you got men being taught from a young age. Yo, just go out there and talk about it. and You're never going to be judged otherwise for it. And it's all good. And there's such this like dichotomy between men and women in that in that sector. And I just feel like if you want to grow up. And have casual sex. I think it is your right to do so. Do I think that boasting about it in a way where like you're making it seem like you got a fucking scorecard. And you are a bigger man because you've had sex with a lot of women. Like a good thing. No, I think if you are proud of it because it's educating on you on how to be sexually experienced and how to please a person i could understand if you're doing it that way but if you're doing it to be a fucking dickhead i i, I don't i don't i don't i don't condone that because i can't tell you how many men i've seen be that type of man and then turn around and point the finger at a woman who is having casual sex just like they are and label them a slut okay can i say something Cause sure it's quite a bit to unpack there like <laughs> <clears throat> um so you know, as far as, and, and, you know, in reference to what you were saying about, you know, men boasting. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a type of character that you have to be 
uh, to be able to talk to a, a girl um, and with words engage in her in a in a way that is alluring to her mm-hmm. um, and that will al- make her allow you to have sex with her. Okay. So that takes a bit of uh, skill and swagger, per se. Now, not all men possess. Oh. All men. Not all men possess um, that ability to have that type of swagger. And not all men boys even desire to be like that but the ones that do um pride themselves on having that ability and um as a as a man as a boy you know that there does take some type of finesse you know you have to be able to have some type of chemistry with a with a girl mm-hmm. in order to get to that point so in order to do it multiple times, almost like, you know, with precision, makes someone kind of a an expert or a master of what they do. Um, and it's no, <laughs> there's no like a secret that men love to brag about being masters at their craft. And so there's a saying that a key that opens a many locks is a master key. Mm-hmm. And a lock that's opened by many keys is just a shitty lock. So that's kind of where that dynamic that you're talking about, where it's okay for men to kind of go about it and speak about it and sleep with many women because it's the dynamic of where a woman, a man has to engage with a woman and get her to open up. Mm-hmm. And so that's a key opening up a lock. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you're a man, you have one key and that key can open up many locks, then you have a master key. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, a woman is the lock. If it's any lock can come and, op- and open that. You mean any key? Any key can come and open that lock. Yes, thank you. Then it's considered, I mean, theoretically, if, like if you have a lock that can just be opened by any key, it's a shitty lock. So when you look at it in that way, that lock is not really a valuable lock it doesn't it doesn't protect anything that's really a value behind it if any key can open it and it's it's you know it sucks to look at it that way but when you when you put it in that in that perspective and then you're the guy who has the key that can open many locks you're looked at as like a you know amongst guys as a master of what you do you know it takes and it takes skill to be able to get to that level it takes practice it takes finesse it takes work you know it takes a lot of you know crafting it's not something that you just wake up and do one day so when a guy gets to that level you know it's looked at like yo he's got game you know and of course i would like to say that pretty much every male you know he at some point wants to sleep with a female you know, so they have to have at least a little bit ounce of that. And to see someone else that has a ton of it, it's almost creates like a, you know, if you really desire it, mm-hmm. it creates this desire to want to be like that. So then now you have this bragging amongst males about who does it better. Yeah. And that's how that dynamic kind of, you know, exists within itself. 
um I'm really trying to wrangle my feelings right now. I'm sure you are because I'm not, I'm sure anything that, you know, most of what I'm saying, you know, it's not pleasant to hear. It's not that it's not pleasant. It's that it is, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to like choose my words here right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, Evo, listen, honestly, I respect you speaking freely and saying how it is that many men do think about this dynamic between man and woman i respect that completely but do i think the analogy that is used that a key that can open many locks is a master key but it, a lock that is opened by many keys is a shitty lock it's, would be would be considered a shitty lock okay would be considered I can understand that in the in the in the premise if it actually if women were actually like I guess maybe I'm I'm somewhat taken back by the analogy because what makes you think that or what makes a man think that the keys that are opening our lock are just any key What makes you think that because I'm because as a woman i'm engaging in casual sex just like a man would mm-hmm. that i'm just letting any key open my lock i didn't say any key i said many keys okay fine many let's mm-hmm. take let's take away let, let's let's add an m to any right. what makes you think that like many like i just said i'm having casual sex that doesn't mean that it's many mm-hmm. it could just be maybe one particular person in um consistently mm-hmm. So then, even so, I feel like men will still turn around if a woman has had multiple partners. And it doesn't even have to be a lot. She still can be labeled that way. And men will also use that term when they don't get what they want from a woman. Okay. Okay. That last part. Well, that last part, I'm not following how... When you say men don't get what they want, mm-hmm. so then they'll use the term that a girl's a slut against them. You've never, you've never seen that dynamic happen. Yeah, I mean, it's that's just that's just the guy being childish. You know, his ego's hurt. You know, so he's just you know he, he's like um, you know um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just lashing lashing out. Yeah, correct. You I would I, I would one hundred percent agree, but. The term slut is is comes from a woman having sex with multiple partners. Right. So so the fact that she's not having sex with him doesn't and he's calling her a slut, it, it doesn't make no sense. Of course, but that th- that is that that is what I'm trying to say is like the assumption that a man makes that I'm doing it with many or any or whatever the case is is somewhat astonishing sometimes. Especially due to the fact that women don't tend to go around boasting like men do. That men are making the assumption that we're doing it with many. Do you get what I'm? Do you understand what I'm trying get, to say? Yes, I get what you're saying. But this whole this whole you know idea of boasting, you know, it happens with a lot of different things. You know, it's not just with sex. So for men, yeah, they like to boast about sex. Mm-hmm. But I mean, men and women boast about things that they have that. Um, that are materialistic mm-hmm. that if it's a one-off or a one-of-a-kind they have like one of very few that nobody else has mm-hmm. you know 
most of the time they boast about it, brag about it, show yeah. it off. You know what I mean? They want to they want to, you know, talk to their friends about like, look at this thing that I got that nobody else got, you know, and that just happens to be what they value um, for, for a reason that is like beyond my full understanding. Yeah. Um, men value being having sex with a woman that hasn't had sex with many other men. And so when they're able to um, have that, you know, they're, they're going to brag about it. And if they have something that so like a lot of men at some point in their life may find it challenging to have sex, mm -hmm. to achieve it, to get it, where another man is, you know, he's at a point in his life where he's able to get it rather easily. I think it's interesting that you say that n you don't understand the reason why men find it valuable to have sex with a woman that hasn't had many partners or partners. It's built into the fabric of society. I understand that. That virginity of a girl is considered valuable. Yeah. That was something that was provided as a transactional thing. When to a man and a woman would come together, that was something that a family could offer their mm -hmm. daughter yeah. to a man and a say, she's a virgin. She's never been with anybody. So now she belongs to you. That is why men, I believe, value that kind of shit because they think that a woman's virginity or their body count makes them more desirable. But what I find hilarious about that is if you're not looking to wife this woman and you're just looking to have casual sex with her, why does it matter? Well, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like that um, a body count really matters to a guy who's just looking to have casual sex with a woman. But you just said that men value, but men value a girl who has potentially been with less partners. So then a guy's going to turn around and say, okay, I've been with this girl. I took her virginity. That's bragging rights for him. Yes. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that you're talking about as far as casual sex goes. So if a guy's going to have casual sex with a girl, I don't really think he's looking to find out how many partners she had. You know, like if mm -hmm. he's, if he's in like, but if he's looking to brag about, you know, boast about being with a girl mm -hmm. um yeah pot potentially being her first mm -hmm. it's something that he might do um because it's something that others won't be able to have that's just the one thing he can have it's like you know that one off of thing that i possess this now it's mine mm -hmm. and you know and, and you know all of you fucking you know praise me for having it you know or you know they you know they want that validation you know as something yeah, that, they, that yeah that's what it is yeah they want that validation of an achievement that they have and you know a lot of a lot of people not just men and not just for sex need other people's validations to acknowledge their successes um and i think that that has a lot to do with that but um for casual sex i i think that body count really is not a big deal because you're just looking to have sex now, if it's something, if, it, if it's not for men, I believe it's if, if it's someone that they're looking to be with, mm -hmm. that they're looking to call theirs, mm -hmm. you know, that's my partner. Mm -hmm. um, to some men, that's an, a body count is an issue. Excuse me. I love these headphones, by the way. Great. I just find it so interesting. I always find this dynamic so interesting. I just feel like this dynamic can be spoken about 
forever like yeah, the back and forth definitely go back and forth yeah the back and forth that could that could happen that can occur from this conversation is definitely um something that i feel like it's like a chess game mm-hmm. i feel like i make a move you make a move and we can go back and forth uh and that's something that i really enjoy about these conversations that we have because yeah, i'm a woman sure. and you're a man and we're obviously going to have totally different perspectives on the way things that the way things are seen but I, I will say that you know when you have this dynamic of men being from a young age taught that you know it's cool to have multiple partners or have multiple women but women are told the complete opposite it's going to further continue this divide between men and women and like equality because then if you are meant to then partner with a woman or a man later on in your life men i still think are going to have this like false pretense that a woman is like almost like a property to him And that a woman doesn't really possess value unless she has less partners. But you have to understand, you know, when when men when men and boys have this insatiable desire to have sex, right? And it's something that they need to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, like if 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 a man can have that in excess, Mm -hmm. like. I think I think anybody who has achieves for something, you know, mm-hmm. um, they will try to get as much as they can of it. Yeah. You know, if you like working out, you know, it makes you feel good. You're going to work out as much as you can, as humanly possible. Right. And the results are going to show in your body and other people are going to maybe that they like to achieve that are going to admire you for it. You might start taking pictures and boast about it online. I understand you know what I mean. So because sex is something that men desire to achieve when they have it in excess this kind of the same thing plays out where they are boasting about it. They're showing it off. It's something that, you know, you desire. I know you desire. I got tons of it. You know what I'm saying? Look at me, you know, like, and it's just that whole look at me shit. You know, like if you're the type of person that doesn't need validation from other people so that you know your successes, then you can be that type of person where you're finesse and you're suave and you sleep, you know, with many women and you won't say a word about it. There are people like that. Yeah. You know, where they, they, they live that life, but nobody knows about it because they don't need other people to validate that their, you know, their accomplishments. They can look in the mirror very well and say, you that motherfucking man, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> you good job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like they don't. And that's the thing, you know, it, it really the 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 whole problem with this is, is that people needing other people to validate their accomplishments. Yeah, I, I, I firmly I firm like I. I 3,000% agree with that. I generally believe that if you were to remove that from the equation, you would have no boasting. People would just be accomplishing shit. Well, I think if you remove sexual shaming on women, that wouldn't be part of the equation either. I think sexual desire should be, you know, more equally taught in the sense of a woman can have casual sex just like a man. And there should be no shame placed on a woman. The one thing I will say, though. The conversation about having sex for women should be somewhat different in the sense of a woman should be taught to protect her reproductive organs. 
and protect herself from unwanted pregnancies. Because we live in a world right now where we are not on the forefront of men birth control or male birth control. So women still have the full responsibility of unwanted pregnancies. So that there's a part of that conversation that should be very different when it's directed towards a young girl. So I'm not going to act like that shouldn't be part of it. A girl takes on full responsibility in the sense of whether she chooses to have the child or she chooses to have an abortion. It mm -hmm. That's still fully 100% on her. So I do think that women, young women should be taught to understand that protect yourself at all costs does not mean that you cannot have casual sex. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking from experience. I had two children when I was very young and I was not taught how to fully protect myself. And even though I still was having protected sex, I still ended up pregnant. Yeah. Because I was not given the education from people or women within my circle or my family to say, hey, you, you can be empowered to have casual sex. You can be everything you want to be. But here are, the, here are like the sure proof ways to protect yourself from having an unwanted pregnancy because that could really fucking derail your life mm -hmm. in a way where your responsibility goes from one to multiple. Yeah, I think that, you know, honestly, maybe there's some to, something to say to that, you know, where women are shamed for having multiple partners because the risk is so much higher for them, you know, and they're taking that risk just for sex, you know, and yeah. so... It almost look, makes them look irresponsible, per se, that they're not being more selective and cautious mm -hmm. about um, their those type of decisions because there is so much at risk for them. You know, I can see why men are potentially not looked in that way because they're, you know, they don't carry that yeah, responsibility. They don't, yeah, they don't. They engage in this act, which that doesn't really carry a lot of risk for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it so, you know, and it shouldn't be like that where women are shamed, you know, Um but it's like a it's a double edged sword, you know, because yeah. people are gonna look at it in one way like, yo, let her be free, let her do what she wants, let her make her own decisions, and other people will be like, you know, that's reckless, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, this is how you know people, you know, we have all these unwanted babies and da 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 da, you know, like, and so like it's something that I mean, it could be this thing could be argued until we turn blue in the face, yeah. you know. But I think that the the, the you know the the big portion of that is the risk that's being taken, you know. Yeah, I. I, I will tell you, as a mother with a daughter, I'm going to have the only conversation with her when she reaches, when she starts to reach the age where experiencing sex on different levels mm -hmm. will potentially start to occur in her life. I want to empower my daughter to understand that she has control of her own body and that the choices that she makes with her body can affect her in ways that can be life-changing for her yes. so protect that shit at all costs absolutely but that does not mean that you still can't be free to have sure. yeah, the sexual that. partners that you want but still protect yourself and this is this is a conversation that i've had with our boys now do you believe do you believe that women girls females that they should have the ability to express themselves and has have partners as they 
please. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like that they should express it as much as men do? And when I say express it as much as men do is have as many sexual partners as men desire to have. Because I feel like men will easily, without blinking a bat of an eye, have more partners than they can even count and even stop counting at mm-hmm. some point only because of the lack of risk that there is. Do you feel like that it should be equal and that a girl should be able to take as much of those opportunities as males do? Or would you would you find that at some point really being slightly irresponsible and that the decisions, although they should be able to be made freely, that they should still be made in a way where um, they're lessening the chances of something, you know, going south for them? Like, um, like that's sh- a that's a fully loaded question. Um, I'm gonna dissect that a little bit. So one of the words that jumped out at me when you said that was equal. That should women seek it equally as men do, or should they obtain it equally as men do? I don't think that I'm looking at it in the terms of women seeking or obtaining sex equally. I think they should seek it as much as they desire. I will say that I think that women still should, at the forefront of their desires, remember that we carry a responsibility that men do not. And I'm not saying that men should not care. Like men are responsible to care, are hopefully responsible to care for their children if in Mm -hmm. fact that does happen. But I'm just talking about the pregnancy. And what I mean is if you choose to have an abortion or if you choose to carry out that pregnancy, you are the one carrying out that pregnancy so i think a woman's desire should be respected i'm not looking for equality as far as i'm like i'm not looking for that for those things to be equal because i i do think that as man and woman we have different mental directions Mm -hmm. when it comes to what we desire and you and i have talked about it in the past that women are intrigued differently when it comes to sex Mm -hmm. there are ways that we are kind of turned on yeah so I don't think we, we are programmed the same in, in that factor. So I think that their desire should be respected, but they should still protect themselves. And again, like I said, I, I speak from experience. I speak from being a young woman that didn't, didn't, did not receive that information. Right. And I then had to fucking learn the hard way mm-hmm. that having sex and not fully protecting yourself. And what I mean is birth control and, and, and um, condoms is really the only way that you can ensure that you won't get pregnant. Yeah. I mean, because if one fails, God, at least you have the other one, but you're only doing one and one fails and you're fucked. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so okay. that's interesting that <laughs> we're talking about like things that you should be doing prior to sex, like protecting yourself. Because our top five for, to the, for tonight is top five questions to ask before taking off the condom, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I thought this was <laughs> an interesting top five because I don't really feel like that people even think about a, a list of questions that they ask or should put out on the table before deciding to take off the condom. Evil, but this is why I was saying I wonder or I wish rather that there was this type of um, information available that was coming from the male and female perspective because you and I collectively thought about these things. And again, this shit is going to happen in a perfect world Mm -hmm. because 
you know, when lust takes its place, mm-hmm. sometimes all this shit, and we know this for a fact, goes right out the fucking out the window. window. This shit goes out the window. But I think if this is practiced, it is a skill that can be continuously used. Yeah, well. Because it's something that, again, like I said, once I learned the hard way, this is all of these things became part of like my little questionnaire when I was engaging in potential unprotected sex. Yeah, a lot of people like to play now and pay later. (laughs) 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 And so this is a guide, a five question step guide so that you do not fall into the play now and pay later. You know what that reminds me? Remember Chilly Willy? Yes. Okay, I do. when he'd be like, um, you give me two dollars today, I buy cheeseburger, I pay you tomorrow. Isn't that the No, way? that's from um that's from Popeyes. That's uh, Popeyes. Yes. It was uh he he would uh there was a guy on there, he would always want cheeseburgers and he would say yes, you're I would, right. I'd gladly pay you on Tuesday for yeah, a cheeseburger today. today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that's what I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chili Willie said something like that, though. I don't know. And somebody chime in and let me know. But let's get into the top yes. five for tonight. Um, because I love that you said that these are like yeah. going to be like potentially a good reference for someone yes. to look let back on. Let this be the unofficial official guide <laughs> of the five questions that you should be asking before taking off the condoms in a friends with benefits relationship, a casual type of sexual relationship or even a relationship that is turning serious and you're deciding to take things to the next level and want to eliminate the condom one of my new favorites is situationship situationships yes yeah and um this top five actually comes from our comment our comment uh, genre a lot of situationships going on yeah for sure and uh, a lot of people uh taking off the rubber and playing now in bank later <laughs> absolutely all right get into it Eva. all right so uh coming in at number five is having sex with other people um i think what you're saying is is that you're going to ask the question if this person is having sex with other people yes you are you are gonna i'm sorry i just need to okay um yes you are going to ask the question if they're having sex with other people. Yeah. And I think this is a very important question to ask. Um, but again, when things are hot and heavy and, you know, you know, hormones are flying and, mm-hmm. you know, passion is through the roof, um, you know, you just kind of want to, like, skip past the whole awkwardness. Mm-hmm. You know, people do just, you know, they take the condom off and they go right into it. And then, you know, these are, like, questions that kind of maybe come up later. Um, so definitely pre-plan and try to have a, you know, a very mature conversation are you know like are you sleeping with other people or do you are or you or is that like potentially your intention like do you do you intend to to have sex with me unprotected and then potentially go out and have sex unprotected with other people right um i do know that this question may be hard to ask during the heat of the moment but then maybe that heat of the moment needs to be paused absolutely pump the brakes uh and and this goes back to me saying ladies protect your protect your organs at all costs because i know for damn sure that that one sexual encounter could really fuck you for a lifetime so what's more important asking me an uncomfortable question 
or or dealing with an uncomfortable situation for yeah. a very long time. I mean, I don't know about you guys out there, but I, I mean, as far as for me personally speaking, in a situation where the condom, you know, potentially was talking about being coming off or came off, you know, it would actually was the equivalent of, of reaching up and fucking pulling that little red cable on a fucking speeding train. You know, like everything just came to a halt. Hold up. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. what's going on? This is some own other shit. Like, this is not how the script was supposed to go. You know, let's turn the page back a couple chapters, you know, and let's read through this shit thoroughly. Like, you know, where's the fine print? Like, what are we, you know, what's going on here? You know, I just, that's just the way that I always was. Um, but not being that way will definitely get you into some sticky situations. I did. No pun intended. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I did say to you previously that when a man has attempted to have sex with me in the past without a condom and it's something that we haven't discussed. Yeah. That shit it's is over. That shit is immediate no it's for over. me. It's over. You got me fucked up. Yeah, like. because in my mind, I immediately go to if he has attempted this with me without a prior conversation mm-hmm. and is just attempting to do it in the heat of the moment without my consent. Yeah. Uh, that means he has attempted this with other women and potentially e- maybe even other men. And you are looking to potentially place your penis into my vagina and place me at risk for something that I didn't fucking sign up for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to put my clothes on and walk right out the fucking door. Shit Goodbye. Is, shit is above your pay grade, pal. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> okay, so coming in at number four of... Top five questions you should ask before taking off the condom uh, is, are you looking to be sexually monogamous? Yeah. With the person that you're having sex with? Um, Yeah, great question. I just think that that question rolls right off of the other one. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, like, um, it's it's very important to know. I mean, you know, because having that conversation and being clear about, you know, are we going to be exclusive with each other really um, sets a, a level of comfort you know, between two people that if you do decide that you're going to take things to the next level and stop using condoms, but still practice safe sex in a way where you're not getting pregnant, um, being monogamous is very helpful to things not getting complicated. I would hope though, too, that people would understand that if you say to the other person, yeah, this is what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to be sexually monogamous with you. The level of trust that that will put between two people the sexual shit that you two can experience mm-hmm. together is like, it's the ultimate. <laughs> because, I, I mean, real talk, like, the best sex I've ever had is long term. Yes. You know, when my partner, speaking from, you know, speaking in direction of my husband, and I have this, like, level of, like, trust and connection with each other, it's almost like, uh, what is that? Um, what is that thing that people do? Like the the fall thing? The 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 what is it called? I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. Okay, but it's basically like when you fall and people catch you. And you fully trust. Yeah, you f- uh, trust. I don't know what it's called, but you know what it is, and I'm yeah. trying to say that is how I feel with you. That there is this level of trust that, like, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, as long as it's not like you know. Something that maybe we never talked about. And yeah. I'm just like, hey, by the way, uh, this, no, no. It is such a fucking beautiful thing because mm-hmm. you are so free to be yourself. Right. 
But when you have to like lay, when you're potentially laying in the bed with someone and in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, did this guy fuck Sally yesterday? Yeah. Yo, that's not really opening the door for like. It definitely changes the mood a little bit. I'm not yeah. going to lie. You know, things, you know, might not feel the same if they're thinking about somebody else in the back of your head. But I think the whole, um, you know, the whole premise around, you know, falling and having other people catch you is you have to fully let go. Yeah. You have to let you have to let your guard down. You have to let your defenses down. You have to let your fear go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And totally trust the people that are that whose arms you're falling into. Yeah. You know, so you're technically falling into the arms of your partner and um being able to trust them in a way where they are acting in a way where they're being responsible with your trust. Yeah. Um creates this energy and bond between two people that is words can't even describe it. I can't, I can't put words to it because it's just a feeling that you can only feel when you put those two chemistries together. Yeah. And I'm still going to say this ladies protect your shit at all costs, because even though when you have this conversation, let's keep it real. You haven't heard of men getting women pregnant in the same fucking year. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing that I've I, I don't women I don't we get know. pregnant, we can't get pregnant twice in one year. But a man can get multiple women pregnant in a year. So ladies, even if you still choose to take off this condom with this young man, please still protect yourself. Unless you two are you know, going down that road mm -hmm. with each other sure. where you um are, you know, deciding to do, you know, what maybe wanting a family. But if you haven't had that conversation, and we're gonna get into that. Protect yourself. And as a young woman, I can tell you that even when I, I didn't have direct access to health care, I found ways to get free birth control or birth control at a minimal cost. Mm -hmm. And I know that it is not something that is, con that is spoken to about in all households, but you heard it from me. Protect your shit, you know? And uh, because I do know as a woman... Things hit different for us, <laughs> okay? They just fucking hit dif different from us, you know? Like, uh, we can't, like, detach a baby from our womb and then walk away and then just be like, yeah, I'll figure that out later. No, but a man can walk away. So, you know, if you decided on se sexual monogamy, still protect yourself. Let's get into number three. Okay, so coming in at number three of the top five questions that you should ask before taking off a condom is... STD status. Very important question. Not a conversation that <laughs> a lot of people have, but still a very important question. Um, you know, why? Why don't people have these conversations? Why? Because it's probably a fucking mood killer. Yeah, I don't you know? care. No, I understand that you don't care and nobody should care. I don't give a fuck. What's what's more of a mood killer? A killer? Me not being able to have sex with you or me finding out that I contracted an STD after not asking a question you know so it is very important i mean i want to honestly say that you know what i'm not going to go there but I, what i was going to say and i'm, I'm not going to say it, but i'm going to say that i was going to say it, but i really thought that it wasn't um i would like to think that a large percentage of sexually transmitted diseases 
happen because of the lack of this conversation. Oh, yeah, for fucking sure. I just didn't know the statistics behind it, so I didn't want to go out there and just say it. But, it, I mean, it's, it's a pure opinion of mine, but I can see how that would be, you know, a huge problem. I mean, well. And the transmission of STDs is not having this conversation, um, you know, even going as far as, okay, you know, you're telling me that you don't have any STDs, but before we have unprotected sex, like, we need to test ourselves. Yeah. You know, um, which is very important. And, again, you know, doing that, taking those extra steps, going through that with someone where you both, you know, demonstrate to each other that you are in, in, a, in a safe space in each other's arms really, like, amplifies the sexual experience beyond what it would be had you not had that conversation. You know, have a conversation, have a, you know, like, I can only imagine the thoughts that happen in a person's head when they decide to have unprotected sex with someone based off of lust and passion and mm. doesn't even know if that person their std status yeah you know the fuckery that goes on in a person's head afterwards i can't imagine like how that fucks with you i can tell you as a woman um i've had experiences where i've been sexually intimate with a partner that we were sexually monogamous and then a couple days later something weird happens to me and it when i and when i tell you it is the most fucking you know um like jolting thing where something looks or feels or smells abnormal and your immediate mind goes to this motherfucker gave me scd and what if you're a hypochondriac like what well i mean listen i'm not gonna dive into that but i can speak from being a woman that you know there have been times in my life where i thought that an scd is what was happening to me and it was something totally different um and that's why i'm a big advocate against women not wearing always pads because i had a situation with that and my gym was like those things are the devil don't ever wear those things again that's why you're going through what you're going through right now and that's why i say that women we should protect our reproductive organs because we are so much more susceptible to things than a man is and that is just that is just straight fucking fact so i've had this situation and this question comes from me i'm the one where after i learned the hard way i then said to myself oh we gonna take off this condom when was the last time you got tested Mm -hmm. oh you don't remember well, guess what? This is free clinic down the street. Why don't we go together? Yeah, we're going to put a pin in this. We're going to circle back around to it. Let's find out what the real deal is. Yeah. And then we'll continue this later. And you and I also talked about it where, you know, getting tested for STDs is something that is spoken about more with young women. Because from a young age, if you are um, actively going to the GYN it becomes part of like your yearly regimen. You know, you're yeah. going in there, you're getting pap smears, they're asking you if you want to take STD tests or if you had children previously, that's part of it. So like it almost becomes part of the conversation for women and just a man entering into a woman's vagina can throw off her pH and then give her, you know, something that is not an STD. It's more of just like a, uh, it's uh, like I, I'm trying Chemical to- Chemical imbalance. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, like it's that, more, more bacterial because, you right. know, like we have good bacteria. So like it's, you know, these type of things can happen to a woman. So it's really like it's a good thing to know these things. And I also feel like if you were as a young woman felt empowered to ask this question to a man and he gives you pushback, bro, that's a red flag. Keep that shit pushing. And you have just di- you you have just um excuse me <laughs> spit just came out of my mouth because like I get fired up about this. You have just 
you know, dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. For sure. And especially if you're not, like, if you're not on birth control. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Rolling right in to the next one. <laughs> Coming in at number two. <laughs> Top five questions you should be asking before taking off the condom is, are you on birth control? Yeah. And it sucks that that question is only directed towards the woman because if the top five is once you decide to remove the condom, which means that you want to have that skin to skin contact with Mm -hmm. that person, the responsibility of protecting against unwanted pregnancies falls fully on the woman. But there is something that's come up. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that at another time because because like, Evo brought this up. And I feel like this is a good time. No. No? No. All right. Evo brought this up. But w- what I will tell you is that potentially there's technology out there that it could put men in the ability to... Where when this, if this question comes up, yeah, it's a two-way street. It could be a two-way street. Yeah, but yeah. I actually think I want to talk about that at a... At like All at right. A, we'll circle back to that. I want to build that into another conversation because right. I also feel like that's something that you and I... Can, could go back and forth on um quite a bit yeah and i just want to stay focused on this and ladies if you're choosing to have unprotected unprotected sex with a man please protect yourself with birth control and take the time to find the birth control that is best suited for you because i can speak from experience um you know when you go to your doctor or a clinic because i've done both Sometimes you're just given, you know, kind of what everybody's using and that may not be the best option for you. And this is what I say about protecting yourself. Give your body something that is going to work for you the right way. And sometimes it may take more than one one experience to understand what that is. So until you've reached that point. Yeah. Don't take that condom off. Not a one size fits all type of situation. Yeah, for real. Um, I think it took me. I think it actually took me three tries to figure out what was the best birth control suited for me mm-hmm. um that didn't give me like raging fucking side effects yeah. where i finally felt like okay i can take this and i can you know have sexual experience with my partner and not feel like a demon at the same time yeah i mean i feel like listen it, it, it's this basically goes for almost anything that you're gonna decide to consume i mean i, I like to think that some people in most cases, or maybe not in most cases, but in certain cases in their life, they've really thoroughly investigated something that they had some concerns about yeah. that they were potentially going to ingest. Yeah. Okay. Um, keep that same energy when it comes to taking off the condom. And I always find it so interesting when people are they're squeamish about these type of conversations or these type of questions. Um, you're afraid to ask these questions, then you shouldn't be letting this person raw dog you. Mm-hmm. For real. I mean, that is just that is just fucking fact. And again, I speak from experience. I speak from being in situations in my life where a man has attempted that. And I'm just like, um, yeah, that's not going to happen. And it immediately set the man off in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And me just being like, mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I had kids at a young age. And this was with somebody that I was with for quite some time, even though I was young. So... I understand how things can get very sticky, but I learned from that. Never put myself in a position where I can't say something and feel empowered to do it. So I want women to feel empowered. And if a man is to ask you, hey, are you on birth control? Because, you know, if we're going to make this decision, I want to make sure that, like, you know, we're we are avoiding question number one. (laughs) 
Okay, so coming in at number one, top five questions you should ask before taking off the condom is what do we do in the event of a pregnancy or an unplanned pregnancy? An unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> to twisted that up. Yeah, listen, I was fucked up before saying unprotected, yeah. unprotected sex. I don't even know what you were saying, but you couldn't get it out right. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you finally got it together. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think this really pretty much is self-explanatory. You know, it's very important to have the conversation. Hey, listen, we're going to take, you know, if we're going to venture into this new um, chapter of our relationship, our our friends with benefits relationship or our situationship. It's, it's still a relationship yeah, of some sort. Some sort of relationship. We're going to, you know, turn the page into this new chapter. Um, on the first page of that chapter, it should say what to do in the event of an unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. I mean, in big, bold fucking letters. It should really caps and all that shit with exclamation points. Like, yeah, because you know, we don't live in the world anymore yeah. where if a woman accidentally got pregnant, a man is going to marry her and take yeah, care of her kid. We got, we live in the world now where a guy is like, um, yeah, so I don't even think that's mine, so I'll see you later, yeah. bitch. So very, very, do not skip this question. That is why it is number one. Because in the event that something does happen, you want to make sure that you know the devil that you're dancing with. Yeah. You want to know that, all right, I had a conversation with this person. They told me they didn't want kids to begin with. I still proceeded to go forward with it. Um, so now I know that I won't, you know, that's the last, that, that that's actually the, the last, I'm saying this right. That is the... That is the one time you don't want to be surprised yeah. by your partner's actions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want to be crystal clear knowing going into that. All right. You know, this is already a surprise. Mm-hmm. Now I'm even more surprised to know this motherfucker's true feelings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's like a fucking like, what's that? Double whammy. Yeah. That's a double whammy. You know, so very important. Like top of your list. Prioritize. If you're going to ask any question, I mean, it should be that one. And, you know, all the rest definitely should follow. But that's one that should be like top, top, top of top, because let's just say, you know, the person says, hey, listen, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm good with kids. You know, like, I mean, hey, listen, if it happens, I'm going to, you know, I'm OK with being responsible. I know what I'm doing. Then, you know, going into that, like if something does happen, there's a there's a bit of relief there to know that. Yeah, you're not fucked. Yeah. I mean, or even if you are fucked, at least you knew you were fucked going into it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, and and you know, you and I talked about this. I think it's a man's right to say, yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm not ready for a child. Ready for a child. I'm, I'm looking to have casual sex with you, but I'm not. I'm not ready to be a father. That's yeah. not something that I'm looking to do right now. I believe that is a person, a man's choice. But then it is within the woman to say, okay, I'm still looking to engage with you without protection. Yeah. Um, but I still will be on birth control. But you know, we do know that there is a small percentage of birth control especially if you're not taking it correctly ladies mm-hmm. that you can still end up pregnant um and i there's so many different forms of birth control there's fucking iud's these you know there there's ways where things are not lined up correctly and you could still end up pregnant so there still is that chance so have that conversation if this does potentially happen where are we in that thing and if a man yeah. says i don't want that um then maybe the condom shouldn't be taken off yeah or listen but if he says yeah you know listen i'm I'm okay with that. Then you know, if if that if that's if that is what does potentially happen, yeah. then I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of my responsibility. 
And, you know, and, and again, this is all in a fucking perfect world. But like this is what I said is I feel like this is a skill. This is something that if you teach. Yeah. To young men and to young women, they'll be able to be better about having these type of conversations. Absolutely. So that actually brings us to the end of our show. Yes, Even though I feel like I can continue talking about this. There are times you and I have conversations where I'm like, yeah. ah, the fucking show. Just, just, just keep going. Yeah, yeah, let it go for another 20, 30 minutes. Fuck it. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Like I said earlier, I always respect, you know, your ability to speak freely. Thank you. And um, until next time. Until next time. Peace, peace out. out.